Welcome to the Carnivore Cast, a podcast focused on the carnivore diet and lifestyle, with practical advice from successful carnivores, citizen scientists, and top researchers. I'm your host, Scott Meslinski, and I'm here to speak with experts and experienced carnivores to get answers to your biggest and meatiest questions while helping you live your best life as a carnivore. This episode is brought to you by LMNT Electrolytes. This month, we're switching it up with an exclusive offer that's only for VIP LMNT partners, including Carnivore Cast listeners. You can now receive this free sample pack along with any regular purchase when you use my custom link, which is provided in the show notes or my Instagram link in bio. That's drinklmnt.com forward slash carnivorecast, all one word. And as I said, I'll include the link in the show notes. LMNT electrolytes are convenient, evidence-based, and delicious. And get yours today to help support the show. Thank you. Brandon Miller at Carnivore B Mills on Instagram is a 21-year-old health coach and personal trainer who started a carnivore diet to improve his quality of life after losing 100 pounds. He implements a low-carb or carnivore approach to help people improve their own health. Welcome to the show, Brandon. Thank you. Pleasure, pleasure being on. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I think losing 100 pounds is absolutely crazy. <laughs> so I'd, I'd love to start with, with your story and hear, um, you know, how you got to where you are today. So, so to clarify, um, with the weight loss and losing hundred pounds, it was not done on a carnivore diet, although I wish it was, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was done with a long period of severe caloric restriction, uh, which was super, super unhealthy, but I didn't know any better. So the year 2020 Kobe Bryant passed away. He was my idol. And, uh, up until then, I was getting up to 260 pounds at my heaviest. I was very big. I was always the biggest kid at my high school, elementary school. I was always a big kid. And uh, obviously, I didn't think it was possible to lose the weight. And this was my first attempt. So January 2020, the day after he passes away, I'm looking up all different ways to get my life together because he taught me that no matter how rich, successful, famous you are, you could die in a free accident tomorrow. And that's the sad reality and the truth of life. So I said... Time for me to get my shit together. I looked it up, and the first thing I see is to be lose weight, you have to eat in a caloric deficit. So I took that to the extreme, and uh, I did OMAD before I knew what OMAD was. Uh, the only issue was with my one meal a day, I would have whatever I wanted, and that was a big mistake because I was not having nearly enough protein. The other thing I was doing for the next eight months to lose that 100 pounds is I was running nine mile, nine to 10 miles a day, every single day, every morning, uh, there was a football field right behind my complex. And I would head out there each morning, do my I run for two, three hours, take some breaks, rest in between, just keep running because all I knew was energy expenditure. I didn't know anything about lean muscle. I didn't know anything about amino acids or protein. I just knew eat low calories and run all of your calories. And what did that lead me to do? I became extremely skinny fat. I, uh, was the definition of skinny fat. I had no muscle on me. I lost I lost a ton of fat. I lost all of my muscle, lost a lot of bone density, lost a lot of water weight. I was down to 160 pounds, which was the leanest I ever was uh, in my life. And um, after the eight months, around September, after I lost the weight, everybody's like, you must, uh, you must like feel so amazing. You look so good. And I'm like, I've never felt worse in my life. I was so much better off when I was fat. Like I felt way better when I was fat. So uh, a few months go by and I'm counting my calories to the dot every single day, tracking everything I put in my mouth, which is, you know, 
not a very healthy thing to do all the time, like every day. And, uh, you know, I, I stumbled across my grandparents. They lost a lot of weight. They lost like 30 or 40 pounds each doing keto. And I just said, I just thought, oh, they were in a caloric deficit. So they must have been hungry every night like I was. They must be running every day. Um, you know, there's there's no other way to lose weight that fast and and feel good. And I asked them and they're like, no, we're not hungry. And I'm like, what do you mean you're not hungry? You're supposed to be starving when you're losing weight. You're supposed to go to bed hungry. And, uh, you know, it's just trust the process. It's all part of the process of just being, you know, being heavier than you're supposed to be. And uh, no, they're like, we have, you know, we eat high fat, we eat low carbohydrates. And I'm like, so you need a carbohydrate. So I did keto for a little bit. I took the exact same macronutrients I was doing from what I was doing before my OMAD. And I just switched to keto. So I went high fat, uh, you know, very low carb, moderate protein. And I was, you know, I actually started to work out a few months after that. But when I started keto immediately, I was satiated. Finally, I, that was the biggest change. I, uh, I could finally feel full after my meals. I wasn't starving every single night. I was still hungry, but I wasn't starving every night, fighting my hunger every night by drinking like, you know, caffeinated beverages and just stuff to curb my hunger that I thought would do it. Um, I was actually finally hung, uh, full. And the other thing that happened was I slept so much better and I stopped running as much because I was told that, you know, strength training was more effective uh, for building muscle. And I didn't, I still didn't like the way my, my body looked um, because I was just all skin and bones. So I get into strength training, I get into a high protein diet, a high protein ketogenic diet. And I do this for a long time. I was doing it for probably six, seven months straight with no deviation. I, I'm, you know, very determined guy. If you give me something, I will stick to it. So I did that. It was a lot of meat and a lot of vegetables. That was basically my diet. And it was red meat, chicken, fish, and a lot of vegetables on the side. The biggest problem, which I never went over in my story with you yet, was my IBS. My IBS was the main factor that I am carnivore now. And the reason I will almost always be carnivore uh, for the entirety of my life. And, uh, you know, it sounds crazy, but it's not a bad thing because my IBS was a nightmare since I was a kid. I would be running to the bathroom four to five times a day. I was always the kid that had to tell the teacher that, um, you know, if I have to go to the bathroom, don't question it, just let me go. And uh, yeah, so it was IBSD, it was pretty bad. And it got worse the more greens I added in. Uh, during keto. And it was still prevalent. It was still really bad. That was really the only health issue that I really wanted to fix after going keto. So I research a lot and I find Paul Saladino, who really interests me. He's very, he's a very persuasive guy. I uh, look up everything he has to say and I'm like, is there something behind this? There's something behind the fiber and the plants and, and causing my IBS. Um, you know, I always thought it was the meat, but, but I always thought we needed the vegetables too. So I look at Sean Baker, I look at Joe Rogan, Michaela Peterson, all their success stories. And I'm like, why don't I try it? So I dropped the veg for a week, a week and a half about, and the IBS is gone. And I've never felt more freeing in my entire life. I, uh, I instantly felt way better. Um, and I just wasn't backed up. I, I wasn't backed up and I wasn't like the opposite with the IBS either. The IBS was completely cured. And uh, now I get this question all the time. Like, how long is it going to take me to lose weight? How long is it take me to cure my IBS? Because it happened very quick for me. The weight loss happened very quick for me. Um, however, it's not the same for everybody. I think it has to depend with, with your background, your genetics. There, There's a lot that goes into how long an autoimmune takes to go away for me. A week and a half was all I needed to know that carnivore was for me. So since then, I've been carnivore. Uh, and 
I have deviated for two or three months last year to add fruit and honey to see what would happen. If I did the fruit and honey without the fiber, like if I didn't have the skin and seeds, I did not have a flare up. If I did have the skin and seeds of like a cucumber, let's say, I would be right in the bathroom. And it's very interesting. If I have any vegetables, any plant matter now, I will be in the bathroom. Any stevia, I'll be in the bathroom. So it's very interesting. I cannot tolerate many plants whatsoever, uh, except some fruit. You know, the uh, the issue why I went back to carnivore was the fruit led me to gain a lot of body fat. So I immediately pulled back and I just, you know, went too much sugar of any kind, even from fruit and honey, it's still inflammatory. So it caused the fat gain for me. It caused the energy crashes for me. So it didn't cause my IBS though, which is something that's very interesting. I I, I do want to talk about that eventually with, uh, you know, as far as defense chemicals go, but powerful stuff. And that's where I'm at now. I'm back to full carnivore and uh, I feel amazing. This episode is brought to you by Impossible Sleep. Longtime listeners of the podcast will know just how much I obsess about my sleep and trying to optimize it. Poor sleep can crush your metabolism and your insulin sensitivity, increase anxiety, decrease your focus and vigilance, and make it harder to stick to your diet. Impossible Sleep is a non-melatonin, science-backed sleep drink focused on helping you wind down, recover deeply, and improve key markers of your sleep. You can get 20% off your first subscription and a free sleep reset welcome kit with code CARNIVORE20 at impossible.co slash products slash sleep. It helps support the show and will help you relax into sleep and wake up recovered. Check it out at impossible.co and use code CARNIVORE20 to save. That's great. That's an incredible story. And thank you for sharing that. And um, I guess what, um, where did you start finding carnivore itself? You mentioned the keto, but where did carnivore find you? So my grandparents never knew about carnivore. Um, I kind of learned about it. I guess it was from carnivore MD. And I, I go to one of his comments and people are like, he's not carnivore. I'm like, what do you mean? He eats a lot of meat. So I, I look it up and I find the carnivore diet. And that's where I found everybody. And that's where I researched heavily on, on those, you know, Sean Baker. I, I read his book. I read uh, Dr. Barry's book. Um, you know, I did a lot of research on this before diving into it. And I tried it out and it was probably the best decision I ever made. And I don't think of plants the same anymore. Yeah, that's really cool. And how did you get into now? Um, what made you want to like help other people and move into um, coaching as well? Yeah. So, I mean, it was really the the immediate effects that I felt during the carnivore diet and how it sort of progressed to improve other parts of my life that I didn't expect. Um, and that's why I coached this way of eating primarily is um, I didn't need any, you know, moisturizers. I didn't need any deodorants, any shampoos, um, you know, toothpaste, dish detergent, laundry detergent, uh, polyester clothes. These are things that I, I, I just naturally took out of my diet. And um, I think it was all because of carnivore, because I question modern society. And when you do that and you see all of the toxic things in our environment, not just the food, it really can change your mindset of how you think of things. And I want to change people's mindsets every single day and um, truly have them understand what, you know, how, how corrupt this world has become and how simple and effective nature is and natural things are in general, not just food. Yeah, that's really a great mission. And um, you have a great head on your shoulders and, and uh, 
I can tell you're very passionate about it. Um, can you talk about um, how you would start someone on a carnivore diet if they're just coming to it for the first time? Yeah. So something that uh, I didn't mention in my journey is when I started carnivore, um, I, I was uh, I got into bodybuilding or, or like I, I would say the bodybuilding environment um, more so. You know, I never stepped on stage, but I, I was eating and training like a bodybuilder. So when you come from that environment, um, I was calorically and you're heavy and you were heavy. You are in a deficit for a long period of time. That's a big mistake that I did. So as soon as I started carnivore, I was around 8% body fat. It was very, very lean. Um, I was in great shape. I felt horrible. And, uh, you know, I, I felt horrible being that lean. I don't think it was necessarily keto or carnivore. So as soon as I got a taste of those carnivore foods, and the first thing I was told is eat meat until you're full. Uh, I really did eat meat, eggs, butter until I was full. And I gained 20 pounds within the first few weeks of my carnivore journey. Um, I think any weight gain when you start carnivore is totally natural and totally okay. This is your body almost resetting to its natural hunger cues. These are ghrelin and leptin finally getting into the right places. And uh, I think any weight gain is okay. Throughout the next six months, I ended up just losing the 20 pounds naturally without doing anything. So my advice for new carnivores, don't be afraid to gain weight. Seriously, eat meat until you're full. Don't track anything. Don't count anything because nature doesn't track and neither should you. Yeah, that's um, I, I great advice. I would agree when people are starting to just um, fill themselves up with, with healthy food. Um, and I guess, <clears throat> what do you do with, um, or what would be your advice for people who have uh, sugar addiction or sugar cravings? Um, yeah. So, so that's a, that's, you know, really the only thing that gets people off track is their sugar cravings or alcohol on the carnivore diet. And it can kind of classify as the same thing, uh, because the way to fix them is the same and it's to get the trigger food or, you know, whatever it may be, the alcohol, the cocaine, whatever it is out of your environment. So you stop doing it and, uh, try do your absolute best to get out of your environment. If it's not in your environment, you cannot have it. Um, I always tell clients that, you know, when they're starting this journey, if you have to go to the gas station in the middle of the night to get your candy bar that you needed or whatever, and you t you actually get up from bed, you drive and you get that, maybe it was worth it. If you go downstairs and you reach out with your hand and you grab 10 of them, you set yourself up for failure. So uh, I think there's definitely, you know, the, the easiest way, because people come into this very insulin resistant. So they're, they get cravings in the middle of the night, almost always. And a lot of them are coffee drinkers and that doesn't help too much at all either. Uh, however, the easiest way to do it is to seriously eat until you're stuffed. If you eat until you're stuffed, you won't want anything. And people have to know the true definition of comfortably full, uh, especially when they first start. As you keep going on this journey, you'll get less and less cravings as you do it. Uh, Usually it takes a month or two and the cravings are completely gone, but the easiest way, get the trigger foods out of the house, eat until you're full and your cravings will be gone. Um, yeah. Like I said, if you have to, if you have to go run for it in the middle of the night, fine, whatever. But uh, you know, even if I have long-term clients that, you know, drink one night or they have pasta one night, uh, I'm also a personal trainer. So I do a lot of carnivore, uh, you know, a lot of clients of mine are personal trainer. They're, they're carnivores well. And I know right away when they had sugar, when they had pasta, when they have alcohol, 
because they cancel the the session. They're like, I don't feel good. Like I, I can't make a session. I'm like, what'd you have? They're like, Oh, I had like a big bowl of pasta and some wine last night. And I'm like, you don't think that's it? And they're like, yeah, maybe it was <laughs> I'm like, how, how do you feel all the other days where you eat? You know, I don't, I don't like to use the word clean, but how do you, when you eat carnivore, how do you feel? They're like, I've never gotten sick. And I'm like, how do you feel now? I'm like, I feel like garbage. So the more you do this, the more you will feel that way from unnatural foods. So it it will kind of prime you back into the state of just full carnivore anyway. So, you know, stick it out for the long run. It is worth it for your health. Yeah, I think everyone has to learn that kind of for themselves um and uh yeah just trying to help them um when that happens and help them get back to to doing what they want and and not making them feel shame for it either um is important yeah this food's Uh, addicting man like like there are people that you know like lays potato chips and and uh you know who's another one like ben and jerry's like they'll they'll throw in their lab and they'll make concoctions that are literally addicting to the human brain so that people can't stop so you know it's called the bliss point there's actual science behind this it's like they they create a perfect blend of fat salt sugar it's very very addicting for the human brain passes right through opioid receptors it makes you not not satiated whatsoever there's a big reason why the, the commercials are like, you can never have one or people are like, I can, you know, you can, you know, you can never have one, whether that be chips, cookie, cake, whatever, you know, addicting food you might be with. And uh, that's a big reason for the obesity epidemic because of those guys, the, the guys who sit in the lab and they create that kind of food. And, uh, you know, the more you do this, the more you realize how many companies are out there just to make money and profit and how horrible uh, health environments are like hospitals and, and, and doctor's offices. And I, I just stray away from them more and more every single day, man. Yeah, it's it's tough to kind of get out of that system. Um, and many people are trapped in it, unfortunately. Um, <clears throat> can you talk a little bit about um, anything else you uh, either practice yourself or help your clients with um, to optimize their health and their overall routine and everything outside of um, the diet? Yeah. So I think the most important thing, I have a very solid routine that I've now been doing for over a year and it's, you know, it doesn't change. It's, it's very constant. You know, I will sauna four or five times a week, every week. I'm, you know, I'm pretty strict with my, when I eat what I'm eating uh, and, and that kind of sense. I wear my blue light glasses every night. I read every night. You know, I, I exercise six days a week. I use X3 personally. Uh, and that doesn't change. And but the, the most important thing is to realize that all these healthy habits that I have, uh, they didn't just start in one day. I think it's important to build them up, up over time. But the one healthy habit that backs everything up is what you put in your mouth. Because what you put in your mouth will influence your drive to go do things. There is a lot of science behind this. When you eat Let's say this is why calories are bullshit and they don't matter. When you eat 2000 calories of salmon or, or, you know, eggs and beef, you actually want to go outside and move. You just have a drive in your brain to go outside and move. And you've been doing it for a while. You will want to get up and do something. Uh, and, and when you have those processed junk foods with sugar, seed oils, et cetera, you will want to lay down. You want to take a nap and you'll feel like garbage. And uh, I think there's so much behind that. And the way of eating truly will transform your lifestyle without you doing anything. You'll start wondering things like I did and uh, your life will become more holistic and natural without you realizing it. Like 
the first thing I, w- I realized was, um, you know, the, uh, the, the skincare industry, um, how unfortunate it is that we have so many people selling, you know, band-aids and, and not actually getting to the, the actual problem, which is, you know, your gut microbiome and, you know, improving that gets rid of 99% of everybody's skin uh, issues. So, you know, that's a bad one. You find a lot of seed oils in the skincare. The, another thing is when you start looking for seed oils in food, you got to check everything. They're in deodorants, they're in moisturizers, they're in shampoos, they're in everything that you rub on your body. So your, your skin is your largest organ. So everything you rub on there is getting absorbed. So if you don't think you're eating any seed oils, try it in your deodorant, you know, try in your shampoo. A, a good rule of thumb is, is, is really powerful. It's don't put anything on your body that you wouldn't put in your mouth. So if you wouldn't like take a bite of your deodorant or, a, uh, you know, have some in your shampoo, don't rub it in your skin. It's probably, probably not going to do any good for you. So that's the first thing that I did was the skincare. I got rid of all of it. I, I didn't need it because I noticed that when I had the plants, they actually made me smell. And when I didn't have the plants, I had no odor whatsoever. If you want to use a natural one, I'm all for it. They make some with beef tallow and essential oils. I think there's cool stuff out there. That's a way to go for sure. Um, you know, the second thing that really woke me up was uh, the benefits of of changing my water. And it was very, very interesting for me. Um, I was eating carnivore for probably eight or nine months before I changed my water. And I felt way better. Now I, I order from uh, from Mountain Valley and I get it all delivered in glass. And I have these this big glass uh, container and, and it stores everything and uh, getting rid of my, microplastics in general. Uh, and then you kind of just think that your day to day, like, what am I cooking with? You know, I switched from nonstick pans to cast iron and stainless steel. The changes just happen. They'll just happen. You'll be using something. You'll be like, did our ancestors do this? Did we do this naturally? Uh, if the answer is no, most of the time, it's probably not going to be good for you long term. That's the that's the unfortunate reality. So those changes will come and go. What's more important is, is that it's backed by solid nutrition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think uh, nutrition is kind of the the big rocks um, when it comes to uh, a lot of these changes and a lot of these other things, habits you're talking about, the um, daily routines, that stuff is more easily attainable and it falls into place um, once you have the nutrition on point. Definitely. When you start to feel good from one thing, it will spiral into another. The exact opposite is true with uh, the processed food and, and people being lazy and, and, you know, people sitting indoors all day, that all goes hand in hand. So um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, thank you so much for coming on today, Brandon. It's been an absolute pleasure. Great to meet you and learn your story. Um, Where can folks find you and, and learn more about you? And I'll have links in the show notes as well. So my podcast is called The Primal Side. You could find me by searching that on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can also find it on YouTube. It's also the name of my YouTube channel. But if you want to contact me directly, the best way is through my Instagram, which is at carnivorebmills, B-M-I-L-L-Z. You can find me right there. I try and get to all my DMs if I can. So send me a message if you want to work with me also as I do private coaching and I do group coaching. Uh, so if you're interested in that, hit me up on Instagram, but otherwise you could follow my YouTube, my Spotify, and uh, I have a lot of cool stuff on there that, you know, people that are, are starting with this way of eating might love. So check it out there. Awesome. Awesome. Great. Um, I'll have links to all that. And guys, make, make sure you go check out Brandon.
Thank you for your time today. Thank you for having me, man. It's great talking. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Carnivore Cast. If you enjoyed this episode, please review on iTunes. It really helps us out and share it with a friend. What questions would you like answered or who would you like to hear from in the carnivore research community? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at CarnivoreCast or go to CarnivoreCast.com. You can also email me at info at CarnivoreCast.com. I'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep it carnivore.